Welcome to Holy and Whole, the podcast, a place where we learn to live life together in the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ and grow as disciples in the midst of life. Each episode, we discuss a topic, we dig into scripture and offer resources and guidance to help you live a holy and whole life. So this episode, we're reflecting on our awakening weekend that we had here at church in February of 2022 with the ministry Spirit and Truth. So let's go. The Lord be with you. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Holy and Whole, the podcast. Today's episode is reflecting on the first ever, to my knowledge, uh, awakening weekend that we had here at Nashville United Methodist Church in February of 2022. 22. So I am joined by three of my friends, and I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves, uh, to tell us their name, maybe anything they do around the church, and uh, just something about them, if if they would. So I'll start to my right, and we'll go around. Uh, my name is Brandon Bunn. I am on the worship team, and I work in prison. He ministers to people in a great way, right? Absolutely, Come on. absolutely. Yeah. Amen. Um, right. And I'm Ellen Ward, and I seem to gravitate more toward music, but children's always thrown in there, and then a little administrative stuff in the office. I'm Denise Calloway. I'm the weekday school director and kids' space some summer camp director. Excellent. So thank you to all three of y'all for being here uh, as we're going to be reflecting on the awakening weekend that that we had. So before we get into our discussion, just for everyone to know, uh, the group that came and excuse me, the ministry that came and led us uh, for that weekend is a ministry called Spirit and Truth. All right. Uh, Their website is actually spiritandtruth.life. Not sure why it's .life, but that's that's what it is, uh, spiritandtruth.life. And I actually came in contact with this ministry years and years ago and met Matt Reynolds uh, at a New Room conference. Uh, New Room is a ministry uh, via Seedbed, which is loosely affiliated with Asbury Seminary. Essentially, um, a group of of, of Wesleyans or or, or Methodists uh, seeking renewal in the life of the church. And so uh, this ministry, it was actually really neat to hear that uh, Matt Reynolds, who's a president of Spirit and Truth, him and I were reflecting in a recent conference I went to and found out that um, when I had a wild awakening in my life of the work of the Holy Spirit back in 2016 at a New Room conference, that was when the Lord worked on Matt's life and gave him the vision for this Spirit and Truth ministry. So him and I, we're actually sitting like very close sections, if, if I recall the story right. And the Holy Spirit fell is the story where, you know, um, we got there at 7 p.m. We didn't leave till like 1 a.m. Folks were slain in the Spirit. Miracles were happening, the whole the whole nine yards. Um, and people were sent out. It was neat. Um, you know, many people know when I came back to Nashville, I was a different person. And the way that uh, Matt came back as a different person. And now we've been reunited again. And to have that relationship with Spirit and Truth is, is really great. So what Spirit and Truth does is they hold uh, evangelism weekends or awakening weekends, helping the church to reclaim what it means to be everyday missionaries in our backyard. You know, the Church of America loves mission trips. 
love to go all over the world and go everywhere and, and save and save the world. Uh, not that that's bad, uh, but what has lacked a good bit is forgetting the everyday mission trip that we enter and wake up every morning. Okay, I wanted to, to offer this quote. This is actually by Matt Reynolds as far as is what they do. And I remember hearing this thinking like, this is why we need to have them come and minister to us and help equip and train us on, on what it means um, to be the people God's called us to be. So this is what Matt says. There will never be an evangelism strategy, marketing ploy, or attractional gimmick that can ever replace everyday Christians seeing themselves as missionaries planted by God right where they live, work, and play. And that was really our goal with having spirit and truth come for us to reclaim what it means to be missionaries right here in this community that is Nashville and the surrounding Nash County area. Okay, so there's just a little bit about spirit and truth, who they are, what what they do. All right. So all three of you were here for the weekend. So would someone, doesn't matter who, what were your expectations or why in the world did you come to this awakening weekend in the first place? What were your expectations? I received an email from Luke about the Spirit and Truth weekend. And I had also had some plans with a friend that I haven't seen in a while. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said that I should come to the weekend and I really didn't have any expectations. I was just knew that the Lord had laid it on my heart that it was the thing to do. I saw it as an opportunity to just be renewed. Um, a lot of the things that I heard uh, on Saturday because I wasn't able to be here on Friday were not things that I hadn't heard before, but it was an opportunity to, to look at it in a fresh way uh, and to just look at how important it is to minister within our our own community and get a few tricks in your bag for lack of a better word of how to do that and I think that was the expectation I had and I think I came away with having that expectation filled. Um, a few years ago I actually felt a calling to um, more of a public ministry more of a outside of the church evangelism so I really came just to get a better um, grasp on how to effectively spread the gospel to the community um, and probably a way I hadn't experienced before. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So we were there for the weekend and, you know, we had the Friday night of the worship service time of, you know, kind of getting pumped up, if you will, and, and, and getting ready for the Saturday. And then we had a wonderful, beautiful um worship service uh, or three worship services that that sunday talk to me about uh denise i'm gonna start with you all right what did you experience during the weekend that has changed you well one of the speakers spoke about that there were people in the room or some people in the room that were having a heavy heart about situations in the world or in their life and I automatically felt like they were speaking to me and after they spoke we had a short break and I realized 
around me where I was sitting were three other people that felt that same way. And as leaders in the church, I felt a deep longing to find out what it is um, that God wanted me to learn that weekend. Because if I recall correctly, the four of you were in the car. You told me this story. And all four of you essentially confessed, like, right? Not so much confession, but acknowledged, like, it's dry. This is just a dry, barren season life of the church, right? Right. Amen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How, go a little bit further into how that was helpful for you in a way to hear that other people were in a season of dryness. Because we were there together in that small, in a small area. And then someone had called my name out to want to go along with us. And so it was all four of us um, discussing that together, that we were in that in that place. And that in itself was God speaking to us. I feel like that there was a reason that we were there together. And so we decided to go to a park near here two of us had had that laid on us our hearts and one of the guys was saying that it god laid it on his heart to go to a park the park as well so we did that but we were getting ready to pray i said we need to pray before we get out of the car and see how god can use us because I think sometimes we can allow sin and allow the adversary to creep in in ways that we shouldn't and that we're not able to share with other people. You know, hearing about how all of y'all were kind of dry season, um, in need of perhaps being awakened, right? Yes, Um, for sure. You know, there's an old old saying, misery loves company. (laughs) Uh, which is sadly true, right? But 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 also that um, it's actually helpful and can be edifying when we realize we're not on an island in in life, and that other people feel the same way we do, um, and that we can actually acknowledge and deal with these things together. And it sounds to me like, from the stories I've heard too, that was something very helpful for y'all. Yes. While you're together, not to just you know you know like oh yeah, what was me, what was me, but acknowledging it. And actually doing something about it. Because for me, the, the, the idea, that, the fact that y'all just came as a dry people to be awakened is like step one, right? And saying, like, God, I want to do something about this. Like, I don't want to be in a barren desert anymore. You got to have something for me. And uh, hopefully that was a, a good awakening in your spirit and, and led to some more deepness. Yes, for in sure. Relationship with God. Yeah. yeah. Ellen? I think... Um, my expectation was to encounter the Holy Spirit and be empowered and emboldened to do the work outside the walls of the church. Um, it, it felt like an easy thing to do um, based on the surroundings that we were in and the folks that had spoke so strongly about this. It just seemed to be a natural progression and a comfort, more of a comfort zone to go out and do that on that particular day with the help of the Holy Spirit. And it reminded me again of how important it is to be in touch with the Holy Spirit before you do go out and try to uh, 
minister to people and pray for people and to make disciples for people. But I felt that that helped uh, to solidify some things in my mind about that and, and, and to be emboldened to do that and to approach people. You talked about that C word, comfort. Seems to me that if we're going to evangelize, and when I say evangelize, tell the world the story of Jesus, that perhaps we have to get over our comfort levels. Well, I would agree with that. That's for sure, because we all like the way that um, we want to be without being challenged sometimes. And it was a challenge. I think uh, I knew it was going to be a challenge. And I came because I wanted to grow into maybe more of that challenge. But trusting in the Holy Spirit, realizing like this isn't just me on a mission doing something that, you know, I, I, I want to do, but I'm led. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Brandon, I mean, you and I were, were, were together in, in our group, but what, what was something that um, you took away from the weekend that was impactful for you? Um, as soon as the phrase dry season was mentioned, um, I was, I was broken. I mean, it just, it broke me down so quick. Um, because I, I had been in a dry season for uh, a while and didn't always know I was in a dry season. Um, but I'd have a few things actually um, change in my thought process about the week before. So I, I enjoyed going out and praying with people. I think the I, I thought that was going to be the main focus of the weekend. But the focus on discipleship um, really changed uh, my walk it, it changed the course of, of where I was headed um, since then I have started a discipleship with someone and I've started uh, a lot of studying on on the ministry of Jesus how he has uh, I mean when you look at the ministry of Jesus it was completely revolved around 12 guys mm -hmm. 12 men that spent almost every day an hour with Jesus um, and I feel like I was a lazy disciple that I was, I was learning and I was receiving all this, but I wasn't giving it away. Um, so now uh, I, I really feel a, a urge to uh, help train others to become disciples so that that reproduction can continue to happen throughout the community. Um, yeah, it, it, it was really good. Yeah, because disciples make disciples, right? Like that, that, that's one of the, a disciple should bear fruit and, and when that fruit should be bearing disciples. So, so that phrase keeps coming up, dry season, right? Mm. Um, and I think that's one of the beautiful, should be marks in the church. If we recall that there's more lamenting Psalms or maybe dry season Psalms than any other type, you see, this is going to be reality of the Christian life, right? And even though when we come into a season of awakening, like somewhere down the road, there's probably going to be another dry season, right? But but I think when we go through this like ebb and flow, we learn to trust God that like when we go back into a dry season, He's still God. He's still doing what He's what He's what He's always doing, right? All right. So um, many of y'all went out into public and you did uh, this weird thing called praying for people. Tell me a story about, or tell us, listeners, a story about how you prayed with people in public. We were at Glover Park, and 
one of the girls that was in our view was setting up a table and she was getting ready to accept football players um, into a time where they did what football players do, <laughs> like pass and do those sorts of things and um, so that they could be on a football team. And so we asked her if we could, if there was something she wanted us to pray for. And she said her family. And so we um, asked her, did she have any specifics? And she said, just pray for my family. And she was the only child in a family. And so we ended up praying with her and then we ended up talking to her later and she had been to our church with uh, one of she was a young person about 16 and she had been with one of our members of our church been to our church and experienced God's love here and it was um, just neat to see how that played out and you're still here you're still alive. No one died, right? Right. Just took an opportunity for you to be living your life and have eyes to see. Yeah. Right. You didn't go on a mission trip. You didn't go off somewhere. I have to get ready. It was just everyday life, right? Yeah. Right. Ellen or, or Brandon? Um, during our time of prayer before we were sent out, I felt that um, we needed to go over to the playground at Nashville Elementary. Uh, and the group that I was with um, you know, said that would be something that we could do. We prayed, of course, before we left to let the Holy Spirit guide us. And unfortunately, that didn't turn out to be quite the way that we thought it was going to be. I noticed a lot of cars there, and um, it seemed that there was a basketball games going on for youth and their families uh, in the gym. Well, we didn't go into the gym. That wouldn't probably have been appropriate. But we we approached. I approached some people in cars, and while they would um, certainly speak and nod to you, it wasn't a directly one on one. But it was an opportunity to at least speak to to them in a positive way with a smile. Mm -hmm. And it might not have been might have been the only thing they had that going for them that day. Um, one of our group did see someone and their children. Uh, close by and did offer prayer for him and he knew this person and that worked out really well. I did approach someone outside the gym and we chatted briefly because I was really surprised having no young children in the home anymore that there was a game on Saturday morning. I shouldn't have been but I, I just didn't know what was going on uh, and we talked a little bit about that and I asked him how could I pray for him and he says no I'm good mm. but I didn't, he didn't reject me at all. He didn't um, turn his back on me at all. I don't know, I didn't pray for him. I prayed for him silently, of course, for him uh, in my own way. But I felt that it perhaps was at least an opportunity for outreach and the possibility of planting seeds for who knows where he might be reached down the road. And another one of our group did meet someone else on the street that they knew and prayed for them. So. Uh, it was it was kind of a mixed bag. We took the opportunity to pray on the playground. 
um, and to pray for just that place and that the Spirit would be present in that place for children who come to school there. So two things I noted in hearing you. Um, you weren't so much rejected, but it was turned down, right? Right. And that, if I recall correctly, in reading the Gospels, like Jesus was turned down by people. Sure. He didn't want to hear him. So, so if we are rejected in this or turned away, like it's not um, that we've done something wrong. No, I didn't feel that way yeah. at all. I didn't yeah. feel that way. I felt that I made the effort mm-hmm. and did what I was yeah. called to do for that particular time. How he received it was how he received yeah. it. Uh, and I would have prayed for him and with him if he'd asked me to, but he didn't. But again, it wasn't a negative conversation mm-hmm. by any means uh, at all. And I'd like to think that maybe seeds were planted for the future. What do you think, and I'd love all y'all's opinion on this, do you think that our in our results-based culture that we have, that we get too hemmed up on the results of our prayer Instead of realizing it's actually really not about the results, it's about our obedience. Mm. How, how does that sound to y'all? I think uh, looking for results shows a lack of faith because we're not there for the results. We're there to plant the seeds. We're not there to harvest those uh, crops. So, um, yeah, I completely agree that that um, in our country we tend to be result-driven. Mm-hmm. So it, it's one of those things that it's uncomfortable to not see. Um, it's just like watching a, a TV show where you don't get to see the ending. You build mm-hmm. up and then you just walk away. <laughs> um, or it's like when you you watch a basketball game and you leave before it goes off. Stuff like that. Um, it's just not in our our nature to leave things unfinished. Yeah. Because I think so often the beauty of that is is that we can take no credit for it. That all, we were just part of that. If we were all farmers, and we are all, are all farmers in the way of Jesus, they're always just throwing seed, right? Trusting that God's going to do the stuff, bring the rain, bring the sunshine, and make things make things grow, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, Brandon, how about you? Tell us about your experience. I wanted to oh, say sorry, something Alan. else about about the the uh, faith part of that and the results part of that. If you're looking for results. You're not given the opportunity to help faith to grow. Um, and I you know, piggyback on that from what Brandon said. Uh, it just is important to not have the expectation of perhaps of results and end. Uh, it is about the process and about the relationship. Which is incredibly freeing. Mm-hmm. Incredibly freeing. Agreed, Denise? Yes, I agree. I have a text today about someone asking me to pray over a situation they found themselves in um, away from work today. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to um, text them a prayer that was a heartfelt prayer about um, from God, from through the text and just the fact that that person asked for prayer and I was obedient for that. Mm Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alan, anything else? Brandon? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to get in trouble with Alan. I was lucky enough to be teamed up with the pastor of discipleship. So um, I felt like I had it a little bit easier than most people. Um, But I I wasn't wrong, but I was surprised that everyone um, 
it's very uncomfortable um, just to go out. But but through the process, I realized that while we see it as weird or peculiar to go out and pray for people, it's not if we do it in our normal everyday actions. And I think that's one thing that um, clicked with me is that I don't have to go out of my way to pray with people. I just need to do my normal daily routines, go about my day, and God will bring to light those people that need prayer. Um, we we went to uh, the greatest place in Nash County, which is Walmart, um, and where there's so many people that need prayer. Um, and you know, I think it was it clicked with Luke um, when he said, "I'm, I'm going to go to the hunting section." I'm just going to go because that's where he would gravitate to. Mm-hmm. And that's where we found the people that we prayed for. And it was a young man. And I think he was a little, uh, he questioned who we were. I think he thought he was in trouble. Um, by the way, you know, we came up to him. Um, he, he actually, he thought Luke was a game warden, <laughs> which was hilarious. <laughs> um, but once we told him we were with the church and we actually, uh, Luke asked how, how could we pray for him? His, his face completely changed. Um, and he said that he, his wife was about to have their first baby and asked if we could, we could pray over the, um, his wife and child. And then he grabbed his buddy and said, Oh, you need to pray for him too. Cause he just, he just had his first child. Mm-hmm. And it was just a very quick encounter where we did plant seeds that I'm sure God is going to use for the glory of, of his kingdom. But it, it didn't matter to see the results. We we just we had a normal conversation with people, and I think that's what we need to to change in our lives is that our normal conversations should include prayer for people. Um, it shouldn't be an extra thing or, or a, a, a odd thing we do. It should be a normal part of our everyday lives. Yeah, you know, I was so blown away when so when the team sent us out. I you know of course I didn't ask God where we should go. I was just like, well, we need to go to the coffee shop. Like, duh, it's the afternoon. Why wouldn't we go get coffee? But I knew that's where we weren't su- supposed to be going. I, I I felt that. But then I was like, well, wait a minute, we're all going to wind up at Walmart. I know where everybody's going. But the way that God dispersed us all the different places was unreal. That blew me away. To hear, you know, there was Food Line and there was the coffee shop and there was Piggly Wiggly and there was the school and the playground and Glover Park. And like we were all spread out in so many different places. But, you know, when we got to Walmart, one of the things I remember thinking was um, we stood back there and I remember standing right near the music section. We were standing there like awkward people just standing around. I remember thinking like, oh, this is awful. I don't want to do this. Thinking like, do I just, am I start, supposed to start praying on people? Like not praying, like praying like, you know, like you or you. <laughs> and then to your point, it did a click. It was like, what, what would I normally be doing if I were to be coming to Walmart? And I go to the hunting section. And, and I just want to reiterate that how important it is that God has actually placed us in different vocations who have to run different errands at different times of day to encounter people who are hurting and need, and need prayer over. If we would just simply, yeah, you don't have to go out of your way. Live in your way and you should have your, and have your, your eyes open. But, but to something, it was ironic. He thought I was the game warden, but they knew something was different about us. But shouldn't that be the way it is that the world knows something is different about the people who walk with Jesus? Don't you think that? 
shouldn't shouldn't there be like oh there's a there's a guy like there's some or there's a girl like there's something about this person we would say like there's light about them or there's there's Jesus in them other other thoughts about the weekend I think one of the things that I was excited about was learning to how to tell my story and they gave some very practical um, steps onto how you could do that and to the extent that I actually did sit right there and and did my story and I have it here in this little book that I can refer to from time to time. Um, Not in a great way and not in a detailed way, but just in a way as to how I had had God working in my life and how I had seen God working in my life through the years and that he had been faithful to me in all things and want that faithfulness for you too. So, what is the connection there then of, of why do we need to know our story if we're evangelizing to other people? I think that could help you to have the positive witness that you have and to know where you from have been and where you came from and also to help you to understand who Jesus is and to be able to, to articulate that to the person that you are speaking with in a, in a way that can help him or her have a relationship. Also, if Jesus can do it for me, mm-hmm. he can definitely do it for you. When I heard, and I was so excited when I heard they were doing the whole testimony part because one of the things I've struggled with, and you know, you think about college campuses, happens there a lot, but um, kind of getting beat up with the Bible in evangelism, you're just beaten up with, with the Bible. Um, and, and, and I'm not taking away that the scriptures is the word of God, um, but when you share a story, when you're sharing your story about what God's done in your life, you can't deny that. And it humanizes you in a way too, right? Like, I am a human just like you are. And let me tell you about what God has. I've read about it through scripture and it's true in my life. Um, Ellen, what was it, or maybe Denise or any audience this, what was it that was helpful that they taught about the whole testimony part and knowing our story? Well, again, I think they did emphasize that you need to know who Jesus is and how Jesus has impacted your life. Um, You know, certainly you need to always be mindful of going and making disciples and just to be positive in how they worked in how God has worked in your life and through your life. Um, And to be able to say to someone, he's loved me despite all my sin and he can do the same thing for you. Essentially what you were just talking about, Brandon, right? If he's done it for me, he's he's faithful mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. And perhaps it makes us stay connected in a healthy way with the fact that once we were lost, right? Like once we were set apart, we were separated from God. Um, and we can own that part of our story and say, but look, look now. I think it's also an opportunity to uh, let someone know that this is a lifelong journey. It's mm-hmm. not... Uh, it's a day-by-day journey, and nobody has all the answers. We're all growing in Him yeah. and would like that for that individual, too. Other reflections on, on, on the weekend? Anything that was impactful for you? Honestly, I think God um, had a big plan for that weekend for all the people that were there. Um, I know that... Uh, we were supposed to have them here a few years ago, and that didn't work out. <clears throat> and 
that definitely happened for a reason. Uh, I think everyone in that church had a connection um, of why they needed to be there. And, you know, I thought we were just going to pray with people outside of the church. And I didn't expect to be just completely wrecked by the end of the night. But, yeah. you know, um, the worship Saturday night really had an impact on on me and how um, they were so obedient to hearing the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know I wasn't the only one that um, had something like that happen, but it, and it carried over into next the next morning's worship, yeah. and it was wild. I mean, it was it was it was amazing. It was it was a great time. When Emma shared her story about leaving her job to go pray at the church, and found another friend and their hearts were both twinged by God to do this. I was like, she's leaving her job. She left her job. She left her source of income. So I was really surprised by that. But not so much when I prayed and reflected on it because God had, um, the Holy Spirit had twinged my heart at uh NC State uh, basketball game one night about coming back to uh, the Methodist Church to be a part of the weekday school. And he twinged my heart in a way that I was like, is this really what you want me to do? And I've done that before. And, you know, I left some benefits and some uh, different opportunities with the state. But God was calling me and wooing me back here as the preschool director and the summer camp director. So I listened and obeyed. And there's times when I think God would bless you in many ways if we would just be open and prayerful and ask him to guide us each day. It's amazing how someone's testimony can encourage you and it can become contagious Right. Yes. I remember that story of when you came to the church. I was so thankful for that. Um, It puts flesh and bone into the mix of spirituality in in such a way that it has to be supernatural, I guess. Yeah. So right before this podcast, I was recording a different podcast about um, theology being practical and not philosophical. But that's essentially what we're talking about here, that this whole thing with Jesus is not some philosophy that just, we just sit around theorizing about or like talking about. But everything about our faith is practical. And it is lived out, right? It is lived out in day-to-day lives. Our, our theology and, and, and our belief system is lived out. We're in an NC State ball game, And the Lord just comes upon us and tells us something. We're like, are you kidding me? Wait, it, it's upon us at Walmart or, or in the ballpark. Yeah. One of the things that I, I found, I had heard this before, but I think it was fleshed out and to use your words, Ellen, some some bones were put on it, uh, or some meat was put on the bones. Was that in, in the weekend? I I feel like it was it was a tremendous focus on worshiping and us being discipled, because we were taught a lot. We were discipled that weekend, and we worshipped a lot. And the more I'm growing, the more I'm becoming fully fully convinced that evangelism is simply the outflow of when we worship brightly and we are discipled correctly. 
Like, and it outflows from that. Because I remember thinking, um, especially after being, you know, incredibly, incredibly convicted and moved throughout the worship and discipleship thing, like, I want to tell people about this. Right? Like, I want to pray with people because this is not just some dry religion, this, this boring, although the church can be very boring. Like, it should not be this way. Like, this is the greatest news the world has ever heard. Um, and that if we're stirred up amongst the church, the proper outflow will be the evangelism of our community. And God strategically has us placed in these vocations, running these errands, doing these daily tasks, to meet people right where they are. Let's say, just hypothetically, all right, if, hypothetically, if we were to have a- another weekend like this again, what would you say to someone who is maybe on the fence about being a part of it? How would you encourage them to come? I think that they will be prepared to be blessed to be a blessing to someone else. <laughs> Good luck following that one. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Just to listen to the Holy Spirit. He will convict your heart. If they're on the fence, I mean, Jesus doesn't call us to be comfortable. Um, life is not supposed to be easy as a Christian. It's not supposed to be necessarily hard, but we have to step out of our comfort zone to experience what God really has. In- well, thank you all, all for, for joining us. Denise for being here, Ellen and Brandon for being here. Uh, I know we were our church was tremendously blessed, and I have seen, I have certainly seen an awakening within our people that I feel like is becoming contagious to others since Spirit and Truth came. So yeah, if you'd like to learn more about Spirit and Truth, their website is spiritandtruth.life. Uh, and I think I don't know if we can like attach a video to something or a link. I, I think that's possible. I'm I'm not sure if that's possible. Um, <laughs> I had to edit that part out. Tina or Katie, somebody edit that part out. Um, but Denise was talking about Jen, I mean, Emma, and their testimony is now an incredible video to be watched. Um, that is really powerful. Spirit and Truth has done that. And you can actually find that on, on the website there. So, yep. Okay. Well, yep. Again, this great reflection on the Awakening Weekend for 2022 at Nashville United Methodist Church. Uh, thanks so much for being with us. And until next time, bye. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast as we reflected on Awakening Weekend 2022. We hope you'll come back next time on your favorite listening platform for more discussion about the holy and whole life. Go in grace, go in peace.